Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, rolling along on a Saturday. I'm Tim Donnelly. Caitlin, back at the studio, keeping us up and running. It is the third and final hour of overtime. Uh, Call lines open, 1-800-636-1067. And I have a simple question for Commanders fans out there, right? You're, you're, You're watching the playoffs. They're coming up later today, which is always an interesting time, right? A little bittersweet. You love watching football. You want it to be your team. Sorry. Especially the night game, right? The 815 game tonight. New York, Giants, Philadelphia Eagles. So you have to channel your 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 uh, energy, right? Any juju or or voodoo you have, you have to channel it towards chasing them down, right? Go go catch them in the division next year. So would you be willing to push that a year? Would you be mad if the commanders tanked with the intention of getting Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is pretty unanimously, unanimously the, the USC quarterback, is pretty unanimously viewed as a generational prospect at quarterback. Right? So with how long and arduous and, and fruitless of a process it has been for Washington in their attempts to find a franchise quarterback, would you have a problem if they went full tank apocalypse? If they went tankapalooza with the 2023 NFL season, with the hopes of getting Caleb Williams in the 2024 draft. Could you put up with it? Could you close your nose, pretend not to uh, smell the stench to bring a local guy home? Because, you know, I do think that's an element of it, right? Caleb Williams is a local guy, born in D.C., went to Gonzaga for high school, uh, right in D.C., was all met, all everything for his sophomore and junior seasons uh, before – his senior season was actually canceled due to COVID. You know, I think he values the area. He even had um, Maryland in his final five, I believe it was, final five college choices. I know Oklahoma was there, Clemson. I know LSU was there. Uh, might have been Penn State. I think that was the final five. Maryland, Oklahoma, Clemson, LSU, and Penn State. Right? So Maryland was in the mix, I believe, because he wanted to stay close to home. So are you okay with the tank, right? And it wouldn't, I'm, if you are going to do it, there's no use in half-stepping, you know what I mean? If you're going to tank, there's no use in tanking for a top five pick. If you're going to be that bad, go for the gold, right? End up with Caleb Williams. I'm a big Drake May fan as well, so top two at minimum. Are you okay with it? 1-800-636-1067. If it gave you what is as close to a sure thing as you can get, 1-800-636-1067. Because just to, to give you the, the the logic behind it, there's nothing worse for a franchise than bottoming out in the wrong year. Right? There's nothing worse for a franchise than bottoming out in a year where there is no generational quarterback at the top right being the worst team in the nfl dead last worst record and you walk out of there with an edge rusher or you walk out of there with a a left tackle it's great it'll help your team but it's you would have rather tanked the year before or the year after if that meant you could get a quarterback right if that meant you could get joe burrow if that meant you could get trevor lawrence if that meant you could get one of those guys So if you know there's one that's going to be available in 2024, then the 2024 year becomes a very valuable bottoming out year. 
and there'll be other teams trying to. Don't get it twisted. If you want to tank for Caleb, just know there's going to be competition. So here's here's my answer, okay? I'll give you my answer, and then if you want to, you can let us know yours. 1-800-636-1067. Or you can send it at me on Twitter, and I'll get it to you on air, uh, which is, once again, uh, at Donnelly Sports. My answer is only if the GM does it. I have a weird moral code when it comes to tanking. <laughs> Right, Because tanking is inherently taking a little bit of the integrity out, right? Tanking is inherently like the spirit of the game as you try to win and scratch and claw and do everything you can to win every year. I have a weird moral code that that would allow me to sleep at night if I were one of the, the decision makers. And it's very simple. Coaches and players can't be a part of it. If the GM or the president of football operations, whoever's making your roster decisions, if they want to go ahead and tank, fine. Right? Which would be uh, if, if Mayhew wants to trade away veterans that are good for right now in exchange for future draft picks that obviously won't help the current team, if, if they want to depend on young and unproven players at important positions, fine. Right? I'm okay with that. But the players and coaches in the locker room, and specifically the players and coaches on game day, have to be doing everything they can to win. Because to me, and this is where it gets really difficult with, with uh, s- setups like, like what the Patriots have with Bill Belichick. Um, where he is both the GM and and the coach. To me, the GM is looking long-term. He's thinking about the next decade, two decades of of team success. The coach has to be trying to win on Sunday. The coach has to be ready to win on Sunday. So the GM's not doing anything immoral by simply saying, hey, we can trade this for something more valuable in the future, but the coaches and players can't be messing it up. Can't be, shouldn't be, won't be, right? Right? So if, if the GM thinks the most valuable thing they can do for the long-term health of the franchise is, is tank for Caleb Williams, fine. But just know everyone that you have on that roster and every coach that you have on that staff should be scratching and clawing to win on game day. That's my take. And if you end up with Caleb Williams, I'll put it like this. Everybody that, that uh, was anti-tank, they'll still be wearing Caleb Williams jerseys once he's on the team. You saw that first uh, first hand with uh, with the Sixers, right? Trust the process. Fans hated it. Don't do it. Don't tank. We want a good team. Don't do it. Don't tank. Now, Joel Embiid is a god in Philadelphia. Emily is on the call in line. You can be as well. 1-800-636-1067. Uh, Emily has some take on the tanking question I just asked. Would you be mad if, if the commanders tanked for Caleb Williams? Emily, thanks for calling in. What's your take on the subject? Yeah, I think I would be a little bit mad, mostly because of all the stuff that's up in the air right now with the ownership and the future of who's going to be coaching the team. Because honestly, I don't think Ron Rivera is going to be sticking around for more than one more year after the buyout happens. And I don't think I would trust him with trying to coach a once-in-a-lifetime like generational talent. 
I don't think he's the guy to do that. Uh, th- thank you very much for the call. And and uh, to answer your question, I don't think he would be the guy. Right? That's why the coaches and the players can't be in the know on the tank. The GM would be tanking. And as soon as you know you're going to have Caleb Williams, your coach's seat, your head coach's chair, becomes one of the most desirable chairs in sports. Right Then if you want to move on from Ron Rivera, which probably wouldn't be fair because he would have given him a bad roster, he would have lost a lot of games, and you would have moved on from him, but that's what a lot of NFL teams do. If you want to move on from Ron Rivera, then you can hire anyone you want. Why? Because your sales pitch would be, do you want to come coach Caleb Williams? Do you want to come be the guy who links his career to Caleb Williams? And there's going to be a lot of people waiting to sign on that dotted line. I'll go to Twitter. At uh, DCDude202 uh, sends to me on Twitter, after the 2023 draft and free agency, this team will be too good to tank. Sam Howe will win 10 or 11 games in 2023. But with that being said, I'd sell the farm and trade up for Caleb, sit him behind Howell for a year, then have two young QBs on rookie deals. See, that's why the tank would start with the GM. I agree. Right now, Washington's team is too good to get the number one overall pick but you'd have to make the decision that you're going to get the number one overall pick. And that's where the GM would have to start trading players. You would not sign Deron Payne, right? You might trade a John, John Allen, anything that's not bolted down, you would do away with and bring back future value. And yes, I think a lot of, and even, I mean, if you get the number one pick and you have Sam, uh, Caleb Williams, but you absolutely love Sam Howell cause he played lights out this year which would be tough for a quarterback to play lights out and also have the number one pick. But let's say you thread that needle. I mean, you could sell the number one pick for like, I don't know, you get a new stadium out of it or something. Players and picks wouldn't be enough to trade for in that situation. Uh, Herb in DC is on the call in line. You can be as well, 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800-636-1067. Herb, thanks for calling in. What's your take on the quarterback situation? This is my take. You know, we got how I think he, he looks like a really great quarterback. And to make a long story short, we need to work on this offensive line. If we actually get any quarterback back there with the offensive line we have, they're just going to get killed back there. We need to go out with a number one pick and pick some studs on that offensive line like we had back when the Hogs were around. Then we could talk about getting – a great quarterback who can win some Super Bowls. But without offensive line, it's, you know, we're just wasting our time trying to put a good quarterback back there with the possibilities of them getting injured early. Uh, Herb, I, I love it. And, and that's one of the, the more popular things we hear is uh, – actually, there's two popular things I hear from, from Commanders fans. One is it doesn't matter until the ownership changes. And the other is it doesn't matter until you fix the offensive line. Who should the offensive coordinator be? Doesn't matter till the ownership changes. Who should the offensive coordinator be? It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter until the offensive line gets fixed, right? It's there's there's something to be said there, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that's incorrect, but I am saying a stud quarterback on a rookie deal solves a lot. And if Sam Howell ends up being that, then great. You you. You did the improbable and found a stud quarterback in the fifth round. That is unbelievable. But if you tank and get Caleb Williams, that solves a lot of those problems too. If your starting quarterback is a stud and he's on a rookie contract, 
feel free to go shopping in the, the top shelf market for offensive linemen. Right? Feel free to go into the free agency market with a blank check and say, all right, here are the three best uh, the three best offensive linemen on the free agency market. We want to sign them all. Think about what the Bengals did. Okay? Uh, this is the perfect example. The Bengals had Joe Burrow, number one overall pick, still on a rookie contract. Their offensive line stunk out loud. This past offseason, what did they do? They went and got uh, Lael Collins, tackle. They got Karras and Kappas, uh, guard and, and, and center. They went and got three big free agent, gave them a bunch of money offensive linemen in an offseason. Why? Because they haven't yet started paying Joe Burrow $45, $50 million a year. So if you go get Caleb Williams, if you tank for Caleb Williams... Sure, you, he might run around like, like he's being chased by the entire defense for a year, but that first offseason, go spend all the money on offensive line. Again, it's what, it's what the Bengals did. And it worked this year up until they all got hurt, and now he's back to having, I, I think they're down to like two, two of their five starters. But it worked. He was protected for a big part of this season until they all got hurt. Uh, this is overtime on 106.7. The fan, the call-in line remains open. 1-800-636-1067. We'll have more talk on the quarterbacks, more talk on possibly tanks, which I know a lot of you don't want to hear. But also, you know, t- we just talked about, uh, do you want to bring home the local guy in Caleb Williams? Well, what about another guy born in D.C.? Would you want to bring home the local guy Byron Lefwich as an offensive coordinator. Is it worth it to call him home to be the commander's OC? That question coming up right here, overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, Hank, thanks for calling in. What is, uh, what is your reaction to the tanking question? Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, Tim. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious about the how to facilitate the tank and what your strategy would be for that. Like, what, what pieces are being given up to facilitate the tank, right? Or, I mean, is it because you've already got these really good wide receivers that will make life easier for any quarterback. Uh, and then beyond that, you've also got a pretty good defense. So I don't know what you would do to, I don't know, trade, uh, say, Chase, Chase um, what's his last name? Yeah. Chase Young, are you talking about the yep. Chase Young, yeah. Um, so it would be it would be hard on the fan base, I would imagine. Um, but if you got a whole ton of draft picks out of it, then that would be that would be something to look forward to, I guess. You're you're right to ask the question. I appreciate the call in, Hank. Um, it 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 comes down to basically how blatant you want to be, right? Um, but start with Deron Payne not coming back. Start with cutting Logan Thomas, right? Cap casualty, uh, high-priced player in Deron Payne. You could write those off without even a ton of uh, without even a ton of uh, public pushback, right? Because you can just say they they were financial decisions. Um, but you move on offensive line. If if you just simply stink at a couple important positions. Right or or you ask a young quarterback to do more than they're able to do. There there are ways to to do it on the sly. Right, 
There are ways to do it on the sly. Edge rushers are always going to draw a ton on the, the trade market. So you could always consider, you know, like trading a Jonathan Allen or, or training a Montez Sweat. Uh, it's You'd have to look at each individual contract and see which ones make the most sense. But, uh, but it, w- it would require moving on from players that are good which is always very, very hard to do. David in Alexandria has some more take on the t- tanking conversation. And I want to emphasize before we, before we go to David, Caleb Williams is that dude, right? This, this is not tanking for tanking's sake. This is tanking because there's a guy who you think can change your franchise. So it is a year of stinking. Don't get me wrong. It is a year of being bad for what you hope would be a run where you're 10 plus years of having a quarterback that opens your window. You heard Joe Burrow say it. If it wasn't this past week, it was the previous week. They asked him how long he thought the Bengals' window to win a Super Bowl was, and his response, and I'm paraphrasing, but but it's pretty much right on track. They said, what's your Super Bowl window? And he said, as long as my career, as long as I'm playing, we're in our Super Bowl window. That is what you believe you'd be tanking for if you go and get a Caleb Williams. Uh, now we'll go to David and Alexandria for some tanking comments. Uh, again, the number is 1-800-636-1067. Dave, thanks for taking the time to join the show. What do you have for us? Hey, hey Tim, thanks for, uh, for taking my call. And, uh, mm-hmm. I had some phone issues before, so thanks for, uh, for having me back on. Um, of course. So I think the tanking thing, Caleb Williams is a, is a very solid player. I'm just I'm always skeptical about USC quarterbacks. I think it's been a you know outside of you know Carson Palmer, you know the the trail of, of quarterbacks that have come out of USC have not exactly been you know very very productive. But Caleb is a is a very very good player. I don't think tanking is going to help us out. Uh, I just I just wouldn't do it just based on the talent that we have on defense, what we have on offense. I mean we've seen teams before you know, excel where you don't necessarily have this, you know, top echelon quarterback. Obviously, it helps to have one, but mm-hmm. I, I I think Sam Howell deserves to get a shot and, and should have got one much sooner this season. I think if there was more talent, you know, with losing Sherp, with losing Flowers, I mean, we thought that that was going to be okay, and we didn't really get anything. I think the big thing with this organization and just the front office has been not getting any trade value back on the players that aren't going to stay. So if we are not going to keep paying, at least let's get some draft picks for them. Cause that's just <laughs> the one thing that I've noticed that we haven't really been able to capitalize on if players aren't going to stay or don't want to stay, which I'm, I'm sure, sure, you know, we were, we were going to throw the bag at him and he didn't want to stay for whatever reason. And I'm guessing Snyder has a part to do with that, which yep. just like any player, any coach doesn't want to come here for that. And uh, last thing, um, Asking about having Byron Leftwich, I would absolutely love to have him back in the area. Um, he is the hometown kid, and I mean he's made that Tampa Bay offense work with multiple quarterbacks. I mean you had Jameis Winston, who was just you know throwing interceptions right and left, right and left, and was still productive. And you know obviously with Tom Brady having a down year, it seemed like Leftwich was the scapegoat, which is the the common you know I think everyone kind of saw that as being a being the problem. There's a lot of life issues going on with Tom Brady. So unfortunately left, which got the, you know, with the scapegoat of that, but um, just uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I think we have a really good core of players. And as much as Caleb Williams would, would help to bolster our offense. I think the players that we have here and ones that I would want to resign um, are, are going to be worth it more in the long run. Appreciate the call. And, 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 you know, as you said, thanks for, for working to get on. Um, I'll, I'll address a few of those points 
as I remember them them coming in. First of all, you stumbled into one of my one of my pet peeves, which is judging a player by the school that they came from. There's different. I mean, don't hold it against Caleb Williams that Matt Leinart didn't work out when Matt Leinart and and Caleb Williams' experience at USC have almost nothing in common. Um, it, it, the fact of the matter is, most quarterbacks don't work. Most quarterbacks don't pan out. So if you are a school that just happens to have a whole bunch drafted, which means you're turning out tremendous prospects and you're winning and you're putting up stats, it's going to look like you have a whole bunch of quarterbacks that fail when in actuality, in general, a whole bunch of quarterbacks don't work out. And also no one ever puts that the other way, right? It's like, uh, oh, we should draft C.J. Stroud. And everybody goes, well, quarterbacks from Ohio State don't work out. Oh, we should draft Bryce Young. Well, quarterbacks from Alabama don't work out. No one ever goes like, we're going to draft Devin Leary. Oh, that's great because quarterbacks from NC State always work out. It's like, really? Right? And then no one ever, it, it, I don't know. That's just one of the things that, that is said often, and you're not the only one, so I'm not calling you out. It just it, it, it rattles around in my brain. Um, and then... Uh, going back to, to, to what you were saying about the, the team, the argument for tanking with this Washington team, when you have great wide receivers, when you have a really, really good defense with the potential to be great, when you have two exciting young running backs, it's that how often have we seen a team go through an entire window of, of good core players, right, from upstart to trying to be a contender to trying to be in a contender to the downslope where they always felt a quarterback away. Think of the Titans right now. They seem to be falling off the, the end, right? They were an upstart. They were uh, a contender maybe kind of. And now they're on the downslope. They went through that whole window and and you might be a Tannehill fan, but it never felt like they really leveled up, and it felt like they were always a dynamic quarterback away. You give Derrick Henry a dynamic quarterback to get those third downs, to use him as play action, could have been something. But instead, they went all in with a good defense and a great running game, and it never panned out because they never got the quarterback down. Maybe Caleb Williams could make sure that doesn't happen to a, a good wide receiver core, a good running back core, and a possibly great defense. We'll take one more caller here. Uh, we'll go to Michael in Manassas. He has some thoughts on tanking. Uh, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Michael, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Yeah, yeah. thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't understand what are you talking about, man. You, you're just killing airtime by dreaming about this, all these scenarios. The commanders had a, go ahead. They had a shot. they had a shot to make the playoffs. But the coaching turned everything around by putting Carson Wentz in the game. Why didn't he put Howe in the game against Cleveland? Everybody's talking about Caleb Williams. You got Howe on your squad, man. He was in the contention of the Heisman Trophy when he was at North Carolina. Give this man a chance. Let's build around him. First of all, we have to find an offensive coordinator that's going to come in here knowing the situation with the ownership and the sale of the team. First, you have to get somebody in here that's willing to sacrifice to come well, here. Well, Michael, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This might be the difference here. You're talking about how you have to find a uh, coordinator that's willing to come in here. Do you think if Caleb Williams was the, cor the quarterback, you'd have a problem finding an offensive coordinator? 
but that's not reality, man. That's just that's just fantasy. Well, I'm saying that's the difference between Howell and Williams. Those, those guys aren't in the same level as a prospect. Pre- Howell is present. Howell is here. It's not a. It's not how. It's the. It's the ownership. You have to think about ownership, and also you got to deal with the different personalities of Ron. Ron has what, what so many personalities. You, you don't know which way is right. You know. First of all, he said he did a background check on Carson when he's our man, and then when you come to find out he's not the man. Oh, we we had Brian Robinson. Now we go. We we. we all along, we had a running game. If that's the case, why did you give up two of your offensive linemen? Well, I'm, no, I'm 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 not de- de- defending any of those decisions. But if it's the ownership and it's Ron, and those guys aren't moving, right? The ownership might change. Ron is he's coming back. So if if it's that, what do you what do you want us to do? You don't change anything and just wait. You have to think about Let's all the options. The- you, you have to think about all the options to get better. Because if you're not doing that, you're just sitting twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, but all of, all of a sudden, Ron is demanding whoever comes here, we're going to we deal with how as our quarterback, starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, who 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 wants to come here knowing the situation? I, I completely you know, agree with that. I, I think it's it, they've made it very difficult to hire an offensive coordinator. And then, then you give up $28 million to a has-been when you know you got to have money for Ron Payne. Now, if you, well, that, well, if you don't sign him, it's going to be a really big hole in the defense. Uh, Michael, I appreciate the call. We're up against a break, so we, so we have to, to get out of here. Uh, but call back in any time. I really, I really like your call, 1-800-636-1067. Um, well, I mean, if, if that's the problem, the good news is, Carson Wentz is going to be moved on from this offseason. They're going to get that cap space back. They could give a big contract to Deron Payne out of that money. But again, that's money not going elsewhere. Uh, Michael, thanks for the call. All of you, everyone that called in, thanks for the call. Uh, I promised the conversation on Byron Leftwich. We're going to get to that conversation on Byron Leftwich. Should they bring the born and raised D.C. native Byron Leftwich in as the offensive coordinator if he's willing to? That's coming up next. But a caller might have an even more fun possible offensive coordinator. Uh, it is funny. We just had a, a caller during the last segment say we're just making up, uh, making up situations to to see what we can do. Uh, well, this one's going to be a fun one. Ellison DC is on the call in line one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Ellis, thanks for calling in. Who who do you have as a possible Washington Commanders offensive coordinator? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, look, I'm 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 gonna give credit to this um, to the old Wizards owner A. Poland because he did this with the Wizards back in the day. I I would hire as our offensive coordinator Tom Brady, and you already know why, right? Like like he he doesn't want to hang him up. He wants to play forever. You hire Tom Brady, you let him. If he wants to be the goat, he can become Bill Russell, where he can be the player coach. Let him be the offensive coordinator. He probably will still need somebody to assist him up in the booth or something like that. But let him be the offensive coordinator, and he'll probably want to play. He'll probably want to play until he's 50. And so that that's what I would do. I would entice him to be our offensive coordinator. I, I mean, Ellis, uh, chef's kiss on the, the, the fantasy idea there. Uh, again, the call-in number is 1-800-636-1067. I don't even know what the what the rules are on player coaches. I'm sure there's some. Uh, I I I don't see I don't see it happening. But hey, 
If it does, I will love it because you know what we'll be talking about here on Overtime on the fan for uh, ever and ever. It would be Brady in a player-coach role. Uh, let's dive into Byron, though. Byron Lefwich, right? He is a offensive coordinator, Super Bowl-winning offensive coordinator with the Bucs. Um, last offseason and the previous offseason, rising coach, right? Everybody's favorite. This year, dropped the stock a little bit. Todd Bowles moved on from him, so he's available. All of the intangibles seem to make sense, right? Storybook for him to return home, isn't it? But two reasons why I I don't love it and why when he pops up on all the lists for potential offensive coordinators, I cross my fingers and go, I hope not. One, he seems like a coach, and this is from the outside, uh, but he seems like a coach that works best with veterans, uh, more of a collaborative style coach than a teacher and developer. Now, could that be because he has been with Tom Brady for a few years and there's really no other way to coach Tom Brady but as a collaborator is the word I was trying to say, collaborator. Uh, There's really no other way to coach Tom Brady other than being a collaborator because he is either a peer or slightly above you in in knowledge and, and offensive wisdom. But he also had some time as the interim offensive coordinator with the Cardinals during Josh Rosen's rookie year. And I I don't know if you can blame him for what Josh Rosen's career has turned into, but uh, he's had an opportunity to work with a young quarterback. It didn't work out well. So obviously, if you're rolling with Sam Howell, I think you need a teacher, a developer. If If you're willing to bring in someone like Jimmy G or Derek Carr, then your offensive coordinator can be more of that collaborative mold and you can build a combo offense of what maybe what left which likes and brings with him and what Jimmy G or Derek Carr likes and bring with them. And it can be that relationship. Um, but if you're, if you're looking for a, a teacher or developer, I'm not sure Byron's the guy. And then the other side is it, it would be a storybook for him to return home, right? I, I, I believe he still has a house in the area, stays connected to the area, born and raised in DC. But from his perspective, I'm very selective about the coming home situation unless I am very 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 set up to succeed like a a lot of times if things go poorly for a coach city doesn't like them that much right they become kind of a social pariah right think driving around people might say some things can't go to a restaurant do you want to risk that happening in your home city right I I, early in my career I covered the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers for a while and I can tell you at that time it was uh, it was Scott Frost was, I believe he had just left being the offensive coordinator of Oregon, and he took over UCF. And man, did Nebraska love Scott Frost, right? Born in a small town, played eight man football in high school, went to Stanford, but returned home to Nebraska and was the quarterback of a national championship winning Cornhuskers team. He was a god. Came back and coached the Cornhuskers, took a whole bunch of their money, didn't win many games. I doubt he's as much of a revered human anymore. So if I'm Byron Leftwich, you want me to come back and work with an offense in my hometown? I love the idea of it, but I better be set up to succeed because I'm not going to become somebody in my own hometown that isn't beloved like like I am right now. 
Let's go to the call in line. Charles in uh, on the call in line. 1-800-636-1067 has an idea of who to bring in as a, as a coach or, or what he's looking for in a, in a coach, an assistant. Uh, Charles, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Uh, I would just say hire a QB coach who's taken mm-hmm. one of these young quarterbacks and made him somebody. The guy that the Giants hired come from Kansas City as the quarterback's coach. He's the offensive coordinator up there. And look at how much better Daniel Jones is. Look at what happened with Trevor Lawrence when Doug Peterson come in and brought in his quarterback's coach. You know, find one of those quarterback's coaches that you can promote to offensive coordinator that is young and has a good tree ahead of him that shows success. Somebody from the from the, the Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid tree or the Sean Payton tree or the Doug Peterson tree. Somebody that's in there that, that, that has shown they can develop talent. Because until we develop talent, we're going to be spinning our wheels. We have more talent than the Giants do. That's obvious. But because because they're getting more out of their players with the correct coaches, they're playing in the divisional round of the playoffs, and we're talking about tanking for a kid from USC. I, I think that's the number one thing that we have to do as an organization is identify and understand how many good young coaches have come through the doors of the Redskins Park or Commander's Park and left and gone on to do really good things. We have to do better at that. I'll take your comments off the air. Thanks, bud. Uh, of course. And, and Charles, that's kind of what I was getting at with the collaborator versus, versus teacher. I think they need a teacher, especially if they're rolling with Sam Howell, right? They need someone that develops young quarterbacks and can teach them the intricacies of a pro offense. There are other coordinators that I call collaborators. I think that's more what Byron Leftwich is that matches up with a veteran quarterback and they can, instead of teaching, like bounce ideas off of each other. I like this. You like that. Let's mix them and and find a playbook that works. So I think we're on the same page. Uh, and uh, I always like when we're on the same page. So credit to you, Charles, and, and hopefully we'll stay on the same page. Uh, it is overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, we're going to be back right after this to wrap it up. Uh, there's two games to look forward to tonight. We'll look, uh, We'll live vicariously through those teams coming up next. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, getting ready to close. But first, follow me on Twitter. I always have a good time talking with you. I appreciate having the opportunity to jump on 106.7 The Fan, and I always want to keep the conversation going. So if, if you feel the same, at Donnelly Sports on Twitter is the place to do it. Uh, tonight we have a couple of games, or I should say this afternoon and into tonight we have a couple of games. Uh, it is the, the, the playoffs, which is always in uh, – I can't even say the word playoffs into a microphone without thinking of uh, uh, good old Coach Mora. Playoffs! 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 But, uh, yeah, a couple of playoff games tonight. Uh, I look at it, I, I, I think it's, it's a very entertaining matchup. Now, I, I know – actually, I'm going <laughs> to – uh, we don't have enough time. I was going to open up the phone lines and say, do you root for or against uh, the other teams in the NFC East if you're a Commanders fans? I always find that interesting, right? Do you want to have the East uh, representatives be so good so you can claim divisional pride, or do you just want to see them lose and suffer? Uh, <laughs> that's always an option. Uh, but also Jacksonville, Kansas City is, is interesting. It's kind of um, – Right, Kansas City at one point in time was the new, the the fresh, the young, and Jacksonville is now representing that. And Kansas City is the old guard, right? Kansas City is the the uh, you know old man that's trying to keep off the, the the young people off their lawn. In the AFC, 
I, I believe I'm saying this correctly, Patrick Mahomes is the oldest quarterback remaining. All of the quarterback starters remaining in the playoffs are under the age of 30. First time that's happened since the 0405 season. This is the first playoffs in NFL history that doesn't have a quarterback drafted before 2010 as a starter at this point in the playoffs. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? So we have a, a changing of the guard happening. Jacksonville's looking to upend uh, Kansas City, who's been been kind of the bully on the block for, in the AFC, even though they only have the, the one Super Bowl championship uh, of this core. They have uh, two appearances and, and AFC championships left and right. Uh, so, so Jacksonville's trying to upend that. And then there's New York at Philadelphia. In true AFC rivalry fashion, I'm sure nobody will accuse – um, the Eagles of being behind or the Eagles fans of being behind the pipe burst. I don't know if any of you saw that. Uh, the Giants Hotel this morning, which is in Center City uh, in Philly, uh, they didn't have water because a pipe burst. So if any player, you know, if part of their game day ritual is to wake up and, uh, you know, splash some water on their face and take a shower, they couldn't do that. So there's, there's gamesmanship going on. Um, but, we, I mean, we know, right? Anytime you're in that division, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. So that New York Philly game to end the night is gonna be really really fun. Jacksonville at Kansas City is gonna have its own dynamics, especially with the quarterbacks. Also, Andy Reid against Doug Peterson that that's a, a coaching tree matchup. There's just a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. So I'm gonna get ready for it. I hope you do as well. Uh, you know, hopefully you got all the chores done this morning while listening to the show or last night uh, or, or last weekend. So this weekend, you can plant yourself on the, uh, on the couch and you can tune into some games and, and have a wonderful divisional round experience. But that's about going to do it for us here on Overtime. Thank you to everybody that called in, everybody that tweeted in. Thank you to Caitlin, our producer, for handling a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes and doing a great job with it. We always appreciate her. Uh, once again, I'm Tim Donnelly. Follow me on Twitter at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S. This has been Overtime on 106.7 The Fan.